Morning, Chris McMonagle here with you. Ah, oh, you know the deal. I've got you for three hours, all the way to five o'clock in the warm-up show. Taking your phone calls at eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Me and Fleegs rolling with you for three hours. Three wonderful hours to recap. What a great weekend! And you know what? I don't care. I don't care. This is petty. I don't care. I don't care. I'm reveling in the misery of others for Giant fans, in particular, such as me. The idea that both of the the enemies, both of the nemesis, especially the Eagles, who I despise in every way, shape, and form. The Cowboys we hate. They're the Cowboys. They're in the division you hate the Cowboys. But let's be honest. I, I have some memories of beating the Cowboys. Hey, on the way to on the way to the greatest championship, arguably this city's ever seen when the Giants went on the Super Bowl run to go beat the undefeated Patriots. They took down Tony Romo and the Dallas Cowboys that, that, that year. I mean, there's been moments the Eagles own the Giants, but the Eagles have fallen apart and absolutely embarrassed themselves back-to-back nights. We get the most, it's, it was almost surreal. Like, and you felt it early on. And that's really the difference, right? The difference between both of these implosions for these two teams is the Cowboys were playing relatively well. The Cowboys earned the two seed. The Cowboys were at home. The Cowboys had their way of making it and, and, a, and a clear path to getting back to the NFC Championship game for the first time in 30 years. Like, there was a, there was a you know, that game against the Packers on Sunday night, took you by surprise on some level. Yes, the obvious level of them blowing it in the playoffs. All right, we know that. Dak and McCarthy and the disaster that has been the you know the Jerry Jones-led Cowboys since the mid-'90s. I get it. At some point, you expected it. But not necessarily in that game, not necessarily that way. You didn't see it coming. They were supposed to play well in that game. They're supposed to get blown out by the 49ers, maybe. But they're supposed to, for the most part, play well in that game. They beat Tampa in that spot last year. So that was like, wow, I can't believe that they put forth that performance. What a disaster. Where the Eagles... The Eagles have been this slow death that we thought, I'm myself included, thought that they would get up to figure out a way to beat Baker Mayfield and Todd Bowles. And not only did they lose to a team led by Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield, but those are the two that stuck it to them because their inability, their inability to deal with the blitzing that Todd Bowles was throwing at them, the inability to stop Baker Mayfield from slinging it down the field and the 
I mean, from Brad, I know Bradbury's going to get the brunt of it, but the tackling from this team, and that's the first sign, man. When you see a team that is, that is almost unwilling to tackle, the tackling was so bad in this game, it is laughable. They completely collapsed this team. It was a slow death. Something happened, and yes, they're missing guys, and throughout the year they've had injuries in the defensive backfield, and obviously A.J. Brown doesn't play in this game. But my God, to have this team that was in the Super Bowl last year that could not be more cocky, that this coach yelling at Kansas City fans being as cocky as you possibly could be, he started with a whimper in one of the worst, most poorly spoken press conferences you've ever seen when he first got hired, where you thought he was, he was a bit of a, you know, a little out there and was going to have a real problem in Philadelphia to the point where he was the toast of the town. You know, he's crying at the this, the Super Bowl uh, uh, national anthem. He's as boisterous and cocky as any coach in the NFL. And that team kind of taking his lead to where they were 10-1 and one this year, right? The only loss was to the Jets, miraculously enough, where Hurts threw the ball away. But they were, a again... Never played a great game, but knew how to win. They beat Buffalo in a game that was back and forth and an uh, overtime touchdown. They figure out a way to beat Dallas. Like, they're 10-1, and one, and even though they haven't played well, they figure out how to win. And then the last six weeks of this season, they go 1-5, only able to beat the Giants, blow this division and end up having to go on the road against a lousy Bucks team that scored nine points last week against the Carolina Panthers and have them enter this game and go right down the field and it would throw the ball all over the place. And then when Hurts gets the ball, I mean, and, and this Eagles offense, they can't pick up the blitz. He's under pressure the entire night. He's throwing it up for grabs. Nobody can catch it. They have no idea what they're doing. Is he going to wear a glove? Is he not going to wear a glove? Is his finger okay? He's throw he could barely complete a pass. It was embarrassing. They got absolutely run out of the building by Baker Mayfield and Todd Bowles. Oh my god, if you're a Giant fan, there are a few days, right? This has been one of the uglier times in Giant history since the 1970s. Right? We've talked about this. This is dark days for the New York Giants. There's no other way to put it. It just is. But you know what? As miserable as this entire weekend was, and quite honestly, it was. This is one of I'm trying to rack my brain. I'm not one. I I don't remember every single thing. There are some guys like I talked to Fliegelman a lot. Fliegelman has a much better like memory and every game. But I mean, I'm trying to rack my mind. I can't think of a worse wild card weekend. I mean, or even a I can't remember a worse play an NFL playoff weekend where almost all of the games. We're, we're never in doubt. And even the Buffalo game earlier today, we'll get to the Buffalo game, obviously, as they beat, uh, they beat Pittsburgh, uh, 31 to 17. I guess there were moments it's a one score game, but I never really felt like Pittsburgh was going to win that game in that building. I just never did. It was closer than it should have been. The Bills, of course, let Pittsburgh hang around. Allen was an absolute monster, but ultimately it's a one, it's a touchdown game in the third quarter of this game. And it, it, it was way closer than it should have been. And they let Pittsburgh go down the field a little bit. But that game was never in question. You are talking about having one good game out of the entire weekend. And you know what? It doesn't even matter. I don't care because as a Giant fan, I am reveling in the idea that both of these teams 
that have now stuck it to us forever. I understand, like I mentioned, we the Giants have beat the Cowboys uh, from time to time in big spots. And again, on the way, beating the number one seed Cowboys in in Dallas on our way to the greatest championship the city's ever seen, arguably. I mean, so there are moments. But, I mean, over the last handful of years, the Cowboys own the Giants. The Philadelphia Eagles own the Giants. And here we are, back-to-back nights, talking about how how in disarray their franchises are, how the head coaches need to be fired, how they need to bring in Bill Belichick or Vrabel or I don't know, whoever else, Harbaugh, Pete Carroll, it doesn't matter. The team is an absolute disaster. You're watching the owner up in the suite figuring out how the hell this happened to my team. Oh, my God, it was glorious. What an unbelievable couple of nights for us Giant fans. And I don't care that it's sad. I don't care that it's pathetic. I don't care that, oh, we're the Giants. You know what? The Giants are in the same spot that the Eagles and Cowboys are. 0-0 looking towards next year. And quite honestly, as much as McCarthy needed to be fired, I didn't think. You know, Sirianni's in the Super Bowl last year. And I wasn't sure that you could make a very strong case for him to be fired. I understand it's Philadelphia. I understand that there's always going to be noise when they underachieve, and this roster should have been better than this, and to finish the season the way they did was disappointing. But ultimately, they had it clinched. They played a bad game where they blew a lead to the to, to the Cardinals, and then on the last, you know, then the last game of the year, they didn't show up against the Giants. They didn't need the game necessarily. I expected them to be able to turn it on at some point here against Tampa Bay. I truly did. So now that you're looking at a 1-5 and finish, and you are looking at that pathetic performance where the defense doesn't want to tackle, the offensive line that's a strength of this team can't pick up the blitzes from Todd Bowl. There, I mean, there is Bradbury's an embarrassment. There's, they don't do a single thing good. They abandoned the run game when they really can't even throw it successfully. Just, I mean, there was nothing. I, I mean, and let's be, Hertz doesn't throw the, other than the big bomb uh, to Smith, it's almost like they didn't want to go down the field either. Everything's short of the sticks. Everything is wide receiver screens. Everything is short. And they get absolutely blown out by a Buccaneers team that quite honestly probably doesn't even deserve to be here. And so now, you know what? I, I have to admit as much as it's impossible for me to wrap my mind around firing a coach that was in the Super Bowl a year ago, what happened to this team is it's hard it's hard to fathom how much it feels like he lost the team because it was you could feel it early on. Like Troy Aikman was all over it. Buck and Aikman were all over it. You got the sense early on in this game the Eagles weren't there to compete. And again, even when, like, even their strengths, offensive line, you know, they, they get the, the, the tush push turned away. I mean, everything, nothing was working. Nothing that they do well continued. No strength of theirs was there. All their weaknesses were there. It was just an out and out give up performance from a team that won the super, that won the NFC last year and was in the Super Bowl. And a team that was running buckshot over the league to a 10-1 record and had the NFC East locked up and completely fell apart and blew it and then didn't show up against, again, I know I've said it a lot, but because it's unbelievable to me, against Baker Mayfield and Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They didn't show up. So, yeah, 
I think Sirianni, I think you can make a very strong case, and I didn't think you could necessarily, that he needs to be fired. And right now, the contract you gave Hurts seems like a disaster. You got Kelsey crying because he's probably retiring. Some of the strength of your offensive line might be gone. I mean, and listen, uh, Howie Roseman has done an incredible job, right? He's been one of the best executives in football, and I don't necessarily expect this team to fall apart, but they are, they are miles away, miles in one year from the team that almost won the Super Bowl and a team where that quarterback played unbelievable in that game and you thought they were lined up for the next at least five, six years of being a dominant football team. They won 11 games, but they completely faded down the stretch. They didn't show up in a playoff game. The coach seems to have completely lost the team, and the quarterback looks like a shell of himself, almost defeated on the sidelines, not angry. Uh, you know, Goddard's angry. Different guys on the team are angry. It didn't look like the quarterback was angry at all. The quarterback looked crestfallen. The quarterback looked just beside himself. The quarterback looked like he had no idea what was going on, how to stop it, or even know how to handle it. And they have completely, completely taken an enormous step back from where they were just a year ago. And as a Giant fan looking to compete in the division uh, that has both of these teams that we saw the last two weeks that have, you know, dominated division without winning back-to-back division titles, amazingly enough, hasn't happened in 18 years. But they've been pretty much going back and forth between the two of them, sprinkle Washington in uh, every once in a while. But, I mean, it is just amazing how both of these teams now, as you look at it, you know, the, the Cowboys, 12 wins, 12 wins, 12 wins, 12 wins. You don't trust them as far as you can throw them when the games are on the line and the Eagles now deserve that same kind of feel after this collapse of a year and moving forward. And we'll get to some of the giant stuff in the Pat Leonard article and the way Brian Dable has led this team. Cause I found that in our article interesting to say the least. And I got a pretty good, uh, I got a pretty strong opinion on it, but like as this giant team looks to compete in this division that looked like, and I took calls on it throughout the the weeks. Well, what are you you're going to get a quarterback? Why wow, you can't compete with you can't compete with the with the Cowboys, you can't compete with the with the Eagles. You're going to be behind the eight ball behind those two teams for the next ten years anyway. I you know build the offensive line, take your time. We just saw who competes with the Cowboys and Eagles, and you know what. The Giants aren't far away from Baker Mayfield and Todd Bowles. And the Giants aren't far away from Love and the youngest team in football in the Green Bay Packers. They're just not. So as ugly as this season was and as now as ugly as it continues to get as the head coach is screaming at everybody and you can't work for him and you don't even want to be on the headset and the GM has to check in to make sure everything's on the up and up during the games, as that story hits... And as the Giants are sixth in the draft, looking up at those two teams again, those two teams are a mirage. They are Fugazi. They are not, not the class of the NFC that we thought they were. And we saw it, we saw it collapse on back-to-back nights, fall down to earth, and expose themselves for the frauds they are. And now they'll be looking for head coaches. Bill Belichick met with Atlanta, which we talked about as a good spot for him. 
But yeah, they're going to be in the market. I think I think there's an excellent chance. Obviously, we know the Cowboys are going to be looking for a head coach. I didn't think I was one of the few people who, despite the fact that being Philadelphia, despite the the nature of that fan base, and despite how quickly things can change, and even though they were one in five, I thought they were going to win this football game, and I thought they would. You know, I thought it would be a, a difficult thing, even though they fired their last Super Bowl head coach, Super Bowl winning head coach, just a couple of years later. I didn't think Sir- Sirianna's job would be in as much jeopardy as I feel like it is right now. And with the coaches that are out there, with the Vrabels, with the Bill Belichicks, with the Jim Harbaugh's, I think you could be looking for both of these teams after being the class of the NFC, being the two teams the Giants are going to be looking up for forever, embarrass themselves in front of the entire country on back-to-back nights and looking for new leaders of their franchises. It's a glorious day to be a Giant fan. I don't even care about the article. It's so overblown, I'll get to it. 877-337-6666. For now, I'm just reveling in the misery of others. That's right. It's our favorite thing to do. It's what losers do. And unfortunately, our football teams have been losers. But at least we do it quietly. (laughs) At least we get our losing done you know, I know the, the Jets have done it for 13 years. You almost forget, right? The Jets just go about their losing quietly. They never have to be embarrassed. The Giants are typically done before Thanksgiving. But the Eagles and the Cowboys just spectacularly fold in front of the whole country and lose to a Packers team as a seven seed and to a Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield-led Bucks team that probably doesn't deserve to be there and they literally fell apart and they didn't even show up and they embarrassed themselves and there is something wrong with that team the coach has lost the team I think you can make an argument the quarterback has lost the team and they had no interest in fighting for they had no interest in tackling they had no interest in fighting for the extra yard and once that game got out of hand they just sat on the sidelines and watched it wash over them what an embarrassing performance. What an embarrassing performance from both of these teams. And I love it. I love it. The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. All right, let's go. 225 on this. Tuesday morning, McMonagle here with you, reacting to the Eagles game mainly. We didn't talk much about the Buffalo game, uh, which sets up the premier matchup next week. Kansas City against Buffalo. In Buffalo, Patrick Mahomes' first ever, which is amazing. I mean, it's just amazing. First ever road playoff game. Obviously, he's played neutral, sites in the, in the Super Bowl, but... His first ever road game, that's the premier matchup. The other game, uh, obviously Texans and Baltimore is probably the other matchup that everyone will be uh, interested in. So here's the matchup just real quick since I decided to go into it. Uh, Saturday at 4.30 will be the Texans at the Ravens. Saturday night, 8.15, will be the Packers at the 49ers. Uh, Sunday... 3 o'clock, Buccaneers at Lions, and then Sunday night, 6.30. That's the premier game. That's the game everybody's going to want to watch. Chiefs at Bills. 
6.30 Buffalo right now. I have it here on ESPN. I'll check some of the the actual books. But minus three uh, entering the game, which is, you know, even. Bills get three points for being at home. At least that's tradition. I know that's probably changed a little bit over the years. But that's traditionally the thought. Even teams, home team gets three points. Uh, but... I mean, Packers. I, I don't. I don't. I honestly don't think the other games. Now, who knows? I've been. I was surprised by the the performance of Dallas and Philadelphia. But I would think. I would think we are destined to see a 49ers Lions. NFC Championship game. And I would think the Ravens would win. But I mean, C.J. Stroud is just spectacular. But we are focused on. We'll get to those games. We'll have all week to get excited for those games. And again, those are the two. I, I would think the, the early games that we're going to be bookend by the two best games. Texans, Ravens, and Chiefs, Bills are the two games I'd be looking at. The other, the NFC games, I would think the favorites have a better chance. But we'll see. I thought the, I thought the Cowboys would win and the Eagles would win for sure. And instead, I'm sitting here just relishing in the idea that both of those teams are absolute disasters. You could argue the Eagles were one of, what, the worst to I mean, bottom five in the NFL the last six weeks of the year. I mean, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it how bad they were. And I and I guess, you know, sometimes we we joke or, you know, say, what do you expect? They can't just flip a switch. I guess I kind of expected them to on some level against the Bucks, And they just, they have been in free fall and they cannot figure it out. And Patricia is a horrendous coach. They talked about it on the broadcast, making the switch to him midseason seemed like a bit of a, uh, a a panic move, and it certainly didn't help. And the offense ran 50-some-odd plays, and a handful were rushes. Like, I mean, they threw the ball. They did nothing but throw the ball, practically. I mean, it was a, just an awful performance every which way. Every which way. And now today, they are no different than the Giants. They're no different than Washington. In fact, the Giants are going to be the only, I would think, I think there's a very good chance Dable and his sideline antics during the games, which, again, we'll get to, is going to be the only coach left in this division. I think there's a very good chance the other three teams, obviously Washington is, and I think there's a very good chance both Dallas and Philadelphia will be looking for new coaches, but they were off on this game, the tackling, everything. They're a dead team. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened to the Eagles, but they somewhere along the line here, they absolutely died. And they just never, it from the onset of this game, you could tell the passion wasn't there, the fight wasn't there, and they had no chance against this Bucks team. Amazing. Amazing. 877 337 66 66. Let's get to the phone calls a little bit. Let's go to Freddie on the Lower East Side. What's up, Freddie? Yo, C Mac, what's up, man? How are you? Good, uh, man. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing pretty good this morning. Good, good. All right, a couple of things for full disclosure. This is Adam, Howard Beach, but I got Freddie. He's a little shy. He doesn't like talking on the radio. But listen, Giants fan, generally I agree with all your takes. Uh uh, namely the, the Steelers-Bills game. I was up there in Buffalo driving back now. Yeah, yeah. Crossing the Holland. They were never in the game. It never felt like they had a chance to win. Now, the reason why I called, I'm a Giants fan, there's just something that feels a little dirty about, <laughs> about you know, dancing on the graves of our hated rivals. <laughs> Look, I, I just, just... Freddie likes it. 
I don't know. I don't know what's the problem. Freddie likes it. Um, typically we like to just have the two guys on the line, me and you, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I'm sorry. I'm listen. It's not necessarily. I know I, I said the term dancing on the graves. I'm just saying everyone. It's a natural thing, right? And as we look forward as giant fans and we look at this division now, it's not as daunting a task as we thought it might have been. And we'll see. Maybe they'll get, maybe Bill Belichick will go to Dallas. I don't think he will, but maybe he will. He just interviewed with Atlanta. And maybe they hire someone with Philadelphia. They're still a talented roster. As I said, Harry Roseman is one of the better GMs in the league. They could have this thing turned around real quick. And I'm just saying, for me in the moment, as I'm done with my team, and my team's disgusting, and I got articles coming out today knocking the head coach, and you know, and, and I don't want to call it a hit piece necessarily because I, I, you know, Pat Leonard does a good job, and I think he's getting this information le- like legitly. But I mean, it's probably coming from, and we'll get to this as we get into the story. But you know, coming from guys who have been let go or guys in the camp of Wink Martindale. But like as we're hearing about what a disaster the head coach is on the sidelines and the detriment to the team he apparently is, and the year the year they just had in the six win season, I've been yelling about tanking and tanking and how ugly it is to watch those two teams fade back to back. The two teams we hate, the two teams that have owned us. I'm sorry if I I can't help but crack a smile. And it's also what's going on right now. It's also what we watch. The NFL's king. And we watch these two teams on back-to-back nights. And, and by the way, the Cowboys are the, you know America's team. Outside of the Giants and Jets, I'm probably talking to more Cowboy fans than any other fan base. They're America's team. Philadelphia's right down the block. And they absolutely were awful in this game. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You watched it. They're, they fell apart somewhere down the line of this season from 10 and one to where they are. And you look at the, the bills who played early in the game from five and five to where they are. And on this, on this big winning streak and playing great football. And Allen was unbelievable in the game and all the, the snow piles getting thrown up in the air at every touchdown, which was amazing. The videos of the people having to go to Buffalo and shovel to their seats. How do you like, there's no amount. I don't know. Like, I'm watching it, and I'm like, there is no amount of, you know, snow pants or whatever you could wear that you could just sit in snow for four hours to, to have to try and move that and sit there. I mean, you got to give it to the Bills fans. They're one of the better fan bases in the country. Uh, they're one of the, you know, the best fan bases in the NFL. And to go through what they had to go through and shovel out, it's an experience you'll never forget. That game was obviously a lot of fun. It was never in doubt. Josh Allen was unbelievable in the game. Uh, their defense did allow some drives down the end, you know, but ultimately they just, you knew they were not losing that game. They were not losing, not losing a rant uh, to Rudolph. It's not losing to them. They're not losing to that Pittsburgh team. So it was a little tight at one point, but early on, they get out to the early lead. They end it late in the game. Josh Allen has one of the better runs you've ever seen, throwing the ball all over the place. And ultimately, another game that really, I mean, besides the Lion-Ram game, Ram game, there was just not much, there's not much for, for me to do to get into the games other than kill the Cowboys and the Eagles. That's the storyline coming out of this wildcard weekend. C.J. Stroud is op, op, absolutely, and if you want me to get into why the Giants should draft a quarterback, right there. C.J. Stroud, love, you got to get these quarterbacks. Josh Allen, who this team developed. Shane and Dable developed him, draft, helped draft him, helped develop him. 
That's what the Giants need to do. And you can't tell me about the roster. Who's got a better roster than the Eagles? Maybe the 49ers. What happened to them? So sorry, I understand it might not feel great. Uh, if you might feel dirty, I don't feel dirty. I don't feel dirty. I don't feel dirty getting all over these cowboy, Cowboys and Eagles. I have no problem with it. Lou in Asbury Park. What's up, Lou? C-Mac, what's up, buddy? What's up, buddy? How about you, Lou? How do you feel about it? You feel dirty? Uh, are you an Eagles let, fan or are you a Giant fan? I, believe it or not, uh, I, I've been a Patriot fan since 1996, 28 uh, years. Oh, yeah. Coincidence, huh? Uh, I, I, I mean, I feel so bad for my father, a diehard Giant fan. So the first jersey I was ever allowed to get was Dave Meggett, number 22. That was a compromise nice. that he made with me. Nice. Um, but if I'm the Eagles, yeah, there's no doubt that I'm calling up Belichick and I'm offering him $20 million to be the head coach. I'm telling him to bring McDaniels with him. For all him. we know, that could be a pay cut. Oh, well, listen, he doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> have to be kidding. the GM, though. No, I understand. No, well, that's right? he, he can't. Yeah, he won't coach, be the GM. That's really the question. Does he want to be the GM? Team. How much control? He's got the best GM in the business, and if there's one thing that I've watched Belichick do over 28 years better than anybody else in his entire league, yeah. that guy can build a secondary better than anybody. He may not be able to draft a wide receiver to save his life, okay? Right. They kill Harry over Debo Samuel, Metcalf, okay? We yep. trade up in the third round to take a kicker over Puka Nakua, okay? Yeah. The guy's a little off on the offensive side. But what this guy can do is build a top three, top five secondary. You bring Josh McDaniels over. You have a whole new regime there. 20, 20. Give him $25 million. It doesn't matter. With Howie there, the best GM in the league, there's no doubt that they're contending for a Super Bowl for the next five years. With, yeah, with I mean, listen, I, I, I agree. I think it's a good fit. I think um, – and, 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 I mean, I think – I mean, he's 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 Bill Belichick. I would think he would work almost anywhere. The, the the Jerry Jones angle in Dallas is one thing. It's just a matter of how much control he wants. Because like you said, Howie Rose, Roseman's one of the best GMs in the business. He, he garners a lot of control inside the organization, and you're just not sure how much, yeah, headbutting, now, how much headbutting Bill uh, Belichick wants to do along the way. Like he might I disagree. Think, he, I I mean, think it's one thing to not be the GM, goals. right? It's one thing to not necessarily be the GM. It's another to go into a, a franchise that has such a stable GM that's been there and done such a good job and has the uh, the ear of ownership the way Howie does. So, I mean, I don't know. I think even having a GM is fine. I think he might be open to that. We'll see. I think he'd rather probably have control completely, but I don't think Bill Belichick's going to want to have to feel like he could lose every battle he takes on. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's no, the one thing. and that's what I'm saying. I, I think I think he's the rare guy who you sit at a table with as a GM, and you probably um, have a pretty good fifty-fifty marriage. Um, you, you, you know, yeah, you're I talking mean, on the deep. This is not. He's not side. coming off Super Bowl. He's, he's coming off losing seasons. He's he's older. I understand he's Bill Belichick. Don't get me wrong, but I'm sure Howie Roseman thinks very highly of himself right now. hundred percent. I, I, I can see that. But I mean, listen, they're all good fits. I mean, Bill Belichick's an excellent head coach. You're hundred percent right. He he could help that defense immediately. That's their their number one issue right now is the that secondary and the way this defense it's is that played. Secondary is in shambles. Yeah, in shambles. A lot of it was injuries, but also just yeah. I mean. Patricia did a terrible job with the team, and the, and the defense has completely collapsed. And, yeah, Bill Belichick would immediately step in and 
immediately help that defense because the Patriots had a lot of defensive injuries as well, Judon, and and they were able to still step up and pretty much you know be a pretty good defensive team. Uh, I don't know how he feels about Philadelphia. Um, I know there's. I just saw that GIF or or that quick video of him knocking Philadelphia to Tom Brady on the sideline of. A, I guess it was the Super Bowl. I would imagine against Philadelphia, but I don't know how much he cares about Philadelphia. Obviously, he's been in the uh, Northeast. He's coached for the Giants all those years. Uh, it's. Not, I don't think it's the Jets where you know he's not going there. I don't know the kind of fit of him moving to Philadelphia. And I think it's a fan base that's just crazy right now. I mean, does he want to step in? I understand Dallas is crazy, but I think like Dallas is less. Like you'd have to answer questions. They're more. They're a national story every week. Uh, I was listening to the afternoon show. I agree with what they were saying. Like the, I think Tiki said it with the Patriots. One, it's it's different because he won so much already and has so much goodwill and six championships. But if the Patriots start losing, all right, you know, in in New England, you'll hear it. But it doesn't become a national story as much as it will become. Like if he comes to Dallas, let's just say, and he makes the deal with Jerry and he figures it out. If they start losing, that's a national story. Bill Belichick losing, wasting the last years of Jerry Jones. How much patience does Jerry Jones have with Bill Belichick? You know, it's 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 a different thing. And not that Bill expects to lose, I'm sure. But and you go to Philadelphia, the fan base is just uh, Sirianni was in the Super Bowl last year. He got fired. And that's a tough that that could be a tough sell to to different guys who might feel they need to come in and establish something. Especially Belichick is a, a culture builder, and and someone who you know I'm sure expects to win, but also expects and he would have to be afforded such uh, you know time to institute his team. And I think that would be a, a Vrabel thing too. Vrabel doesn't want to come here. Hey, you just fired a coach that went to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, but right now is probably the time to do it, considering the coaches that are here. The, and coaches that are available. And could you talk to Harbaugh, who finished his interview with the Chargers? I think the Chargers would make sense for Harbaugh. I think all these. I think the Chargers are an excellent job because of the quarterback. They're a talented team. They've underachieved year in and year out. I know there's no fan base, but there's also no pressure and plenty of time to institute your philosophies and, and feel like you could build the program and you have a young quarterback there who, yeah, you, you have to pay who's making money. It's not like you have a young quarterback and an inexpensive quarterback, but you'd have time there. I mean, that's a good job. Philadelphia's clearly a good job with Hurts, although he's signed the big contract that you're concerned about right now, and especially the way he's finished the season here. But, you know, Roseman's, uh, Roseman's done an incredible job. You feel good with that job. The Cowboys are, win 12 games every year. Dak has his flaws, and certainly I don't know if he's, you know, a game-changing quarterback. And really, that's what you're seeing. Like, to a like what we saw a, another like angle and talking point of the games this weekend this wild card weekend is the difference in quarterbacks and what game changing game breaking stud quarterbacks are and what game managers are even elite game managers and that and the game manager might have too much of a negative connotation to it but CJ Stroud and Josh Allen are game-changing quarterbacks. Things don't have to be right. The weather doesn't have to be right. The situation doesn't have to be perfect. I, I think you're seeing maybe even love. It's it's early, but love is starting to show the... And man, watching... I, I re-watched that game and some of it. 
I mean, he looks just uh, he looks just like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, staying a couple years under Aaron Rodgers certainly helped him. He looks just like him from his mannerisms to the way he flicks his wrist when he throws the ball. I mean, so you might be learning that Love is one of these guys. I think Stroud, amazingly enough, has already shown you in one year that he can be that guy, and Josh Allen clearly is. Those are quarterbacks who, if the if if a play breaks down, they'll figure out a way to make a play. If they're in a, in a if they're in a game where they lose their top wide receiver, or they're in a game where the weather's bad and they have to adjust their 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 game plan, those are quarterbacks that can win you games. That they themselves can put the team on the back, on their back, and go win football games. Dak Prescott and Tua showed you they are not. They're not. Tua can be a very good quarterback. Tua was involved in a speed precise passing attack where McDaniels came up with this offense and this game plan and he's able to execute it perfectly. But if they go into bad elements, if they go into, if they deal with an injury, if Waddle is hampered, if Hill is missing, if there's a issue inside that pitch perfect system where they're able to get off and do what they do, then he can't single-handedly win you games he can't adjust if Dak and CeeDee Lamb aren't a good combination if he has to force the ball to CeeDee Lamb to make it work if 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 things start to begin to fall apart Dak can't reassess figure it out make plays and win you a football game all things being good and their their game plan is working, and their offense is functioning, and everything is is good for them that day. He'll throw for four, five hundred yards, four touchdown passes, and look like an MVP. But when things go the other way, he's not going to put his foot in the ground and stop it, and carry the team forward. And that's the difference in franchise quarterbacks and game managers, even at the elite level of game managers. So what you're le- learning with Tua, especially. Um, in Miami is they better have a they have to have an incredible regular season and they need to get playoff home games. Plain and simple. Tua needs to be playing in Miami. Or get lucky and play on play a team with a dome. Play inside somewhere. Because in the elements, he can't go to Buffalo. He can't go to New England. He can't go to Kansas City. He is not going to go to those places in those buildings late in the year in January and win playoff games against other game-changing quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Allen. Like that's just that that's the other storyline. The two disasters that were the Cowboys and the Eagles, and I loved every second of it. Blowout games and teams that didn't show up. And then the subtle but obvious difference in quarterbacks who can take you there and quarterbacks who can go there with you. And it's a it's an important distinction to understand. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, CJ Stroud are the quarterbacks that can take you there. Dak can go with you. Tua can go with you. The coach can take you there. Or at least that's what they like to think. And that's why it's so important to get that quarterback because it changes everything. C.J. Stroud has immediately changed who the Texans are. The Texans are now a dangerous team year in and year out. I mean, maybe I'll be proven wrong on that. I don't think so. 
I think the Texans are now a legit team moving forward. Anything could happen, injuries, but that's just who they are now. Buffalo is there every year. Buffalo can go through dulls in in the middle of the season. Buffalo can have its moments, sure. There can be games where Allen turns the ball over and costs them. And who knows? We might see that next week against Kansas City. But year in and year out, Josh Allen will take the Bills to where they are now. Now, he's got to get over the hump. Don't get me wrong. And this is going to be a great win. This is a must win for Buffalo and Josh Allen. I think you could argue, despite you know the idea that you know Baltimore wouldn't want to lose to a rookie quarterback and the 49ers can't lose to the Packers right now, I mean, you could argue that if the Bills can't beat the Chiefs now, and I know the Chiefs played well against Miami, but Miami wasn't ready for that game. If the Bills can't beat the Chiefs now in their building, if not now, when? If you can't win this one, if Josh Allen, who's on a tear here, and this Bills team that's been on a roll and won, what, six six consecutive games, came back from absolutely nowhere to win the division and be the number two seed and be able to host this game against Kansas City coming up next week, if they can't win this one against Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes comes into Orchard Park and beats them in their own building, that will be a damning loss for the head coach it'll be a damning loss for the quarterback and it will make you think that buffalo can never get over that hump and that they might be able to dominate uh the eastern division the afc east but they cannot go win the big one and they can't beat andy Reid and patrick mahomes because if not now when this is the perfect time for them to win this game beat their nemesis, move beyond Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, and go see if you could beat Baltimore in Baltimore. But you can't lose this game. The Bills have to be playing in the AFC Championship game. They have to be. So do the Ravens. So do the 49ers. I think you can make a case, too, with the, the Lions against the Bucks that this is their year to make some noise, too. I think all the favorites are kind of under pressure, but the idea of this Buffalo team... That, yeah, this year is a little bit different, and every year has its own story. But this team's been here year in and year out. They've won the division every year. They're in the playoffs every year. And last year, you know, they, they, they can't get past uh, Cincinnati. They, have the, the, they barely get by Miami. This is the year. They've won this game now against Pittsburgh. They got an easy first matchup. They took care of business. The quarterback looks great. They've got the second home game against Kansas City. You can't lose it. You can't lose it. So there are a couple of fun matchups coming up here. But, yeah, to get back to the original point here and the disasters that are, I think right now so many good coaches, so many good spots, I think they all, on some level, they all work. Like you tell me Vrabel, where's Vrabel going to go where I go, that's not a good fit. Mike Belichick has a unique thing. We still don't know how Belichick feels about not being the GM. He went to Atlanta and interviewed. I think that's a good spot for him. They have a a very talented roster outside the quarterback. Does he want to go somewhere where it's still trying to find a quarterback? He just went through that. He just went through the not having a quarterback with Mac Jones, and he's seen the difference between having one and not having one. I mean, from to go from Tom Brady to Mac Jones is a pretty dynamic shift. I don't know as much as you might love blank there and his desire to win 
and the the good culture they've brought there and the 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 price they charge for drinks and hot dogs there is amazing and the stadium's amazing and all that and it might be a perfect fit for him right now he doesn't have a quarterback does he want to step into that situation with expectations of winning with a decent roster cuz the only way I'm if I'm if I'm him the only way I'm not if I'm going to a spot that doesn't have a quarterback is to go and completely run the thing my way be the GM, run the thing, and have time to rebuild it necessarily and start from scratch. But if there's expectations of winning because they do have a good roster and offensive weapons, guys they're going to have to pay and a team good enough inside the division, then now it's a little bit different, but still it's a good spot where you know Bill Belichick is one of the great coaches in the NFL history, if not the greatest coach in NFL history. Where is he going to go that you go, mm, I don't know, other than maybe with Jerry? Like that's it. That's it, and not with the Jets. Obviously, he would never come coach the Jets. But other than that, he can't go out to he can't go out to L.A. and take on the Chargers with Herbert. That's a perfect fit. Out there in the, the warm sunshine, he doesn't have to wear the hoodies. He's got a young superstar quarterback who's never really met his potential, and a young, talented team that's been held back by the incompetence of previous coaching staffs. That's a perfect – the, the Raiders aren't a good fit. They don't really have a quarterback, but it's the Raiders. Imagine the show of, of the Vegas Raiders with Bill Belichick leading the helm. It all works. When you're this good, Vrabel can go anywhere. He can go anywhere. Jim Harbaugh can go anywhere. It all works. Except uh, maybe Harbaugh can't go to Dallas. That would be too much head headbutting there. But right now, Philadelphia and Dallas – after two of the most incompetent games you've ever seen. And these two teams that were right there with San Francisco for a lot of the year as the two two of the three best teams in the NFC, bar none. And the Cowboys in particular had, had their way with two home games coming if they if they were able to get one and you know have a really good, clear path to the NFC championship game. And the Eagles, who were ten and one, coming off, you know, being the NFC championship, uh the NFC champion coming off really being a player two away from beating Kansas City in the Super Bowl last year to falling this low where they lose five of their last six completely fall apart and no show against Tampa, against Todd Bowles, and against Baker Mayfield. And I think that might be enough. That might be enough to cost this coach's job. And if so, that's an interesting coaching uh, job that is now opened up for, as we've talked about forever here, a handful of coaches that really could be dynamic, you know, some of the best coaches in the NFL immediately would be in these new vacancies. I firmly believe that Vrabel is one of the best coaches in the NFL. I think Harbaugh has proven that he can be one of the best coaches in the NFL, and Bill Belichick's Bill Belichick. And if you want to mix in a Pete Carroll, who's been a proven winner and one of the best coaches in the NFL, you can mix him in. But Right now, I'm enjoying it as a Giant fan. I'm enjoying it. I had nothing else to go with. I had nothing else to go with, and I'm enjoying it. 877-337-6666. Up next, we got to talk about the Giants head coach because he's under fire. Somebody, and I don't know who, but somebody's out to make him look bad. Big article about his sideline antics and the feistiness and the inability to work with his staff and cursing out this one and yelling at that one. How can he move forward? I'll tell you how.